It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Has already snuck his way into the 3M Championship Clubhouse. It's very nice in there. Very nice. Which, the combinations which, are lavish, Phil. Which parts are the nicest? Um, all of them. It's a great clubhouse, great bathroom area. It's just yeah. great. Everything's yeah. great. Are you like Chris Long? Did you put a robe on and shave and everything this morning? No, but I, I had a choice between uh, paper towels and cloth towels. Oh, I've never the, yeah. had that choice before. I use both. Did you? Yeah, the, I decided to use both. The cloth I started towel with the cloth a, and went paper after that. You know you're in a classy bathroom when they offer cloth towels. Or it, either they offer cloth towels or there's another person in there ready to squirt soap into your hand. I don't like that. They don't then have that I'm always here, confused but. about the tips. I don't like that because right. then I'm like, do I give you a dollar? Do I give you two? I don't want to give you five. That the first but this job seems like it's not that great. The first time that happened to me, I was 12 years old at Tavern on the Green in uh, New York City. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I think they there. closed like that it. for a while, but it's like well, it, it might be back open right now. In Central Park. It's great. And yeah. I remember just being terrified. I was in the bathroom and there's just there was a guy in there, and then I go to the sink and the guy reaches <laughs> over and squirts soap in my hand, and I look over and I ran I ran back to the table like mom. <laughs> I hope someone I went th- back and gave I him a couple bucks. There's a stranger in the bathroom. This is New York. I hope you gave him a little tip after that. No, he was mad. He was mad that I didn't give him. Well, yeah, he should have been. Yeah. Those are tough jobs. Anyhow, James, let's fire this thing up. Let's, uh, let's dive in. Pass rush coming. And Rodgers, a perfect throw and simply dropped by Martellus Bennett. It would have been a first down, and Rodgers is hurt. He took a big hit at the end of that play just as he got it out, and it looked like he might have landed on that right shoulder. That's Anthony Barr. Morelli, the referee, what he said about the uh, Rodgers hit that he uh, analyzed this year. Okay. There's a question about wow. that. Uh, that, 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 that was Anthony Barr yesterday. Uh, I think his reaction was a little bit like all of our reactions to the news that came out. So the NFL has tweaked, as they do every offseason, various parts of their rule book. And, uh, and they had an officiating crew led by Pete Morelli at practice yesterday, not only to help officiate practice, but to go over new rule changes with the media. And one of the things we found out is that the Anthony Barr hit on Aaron Rodgers would now be a penalty if the same hit happened. Yes. And it wouldn't be a late hit. Because I think that was the debate during the game, right? Oh, man, did he get there a beat late? Should it have been a 15-yard penalty? And I think most non-Packer fan objective viewers would have watched that and said, it's bang-bang. I mean, could he have pulled up maybe, but, but probably, yes, probably doesn't warrant the flight. Question. Just I agree an unfortunate that. Yeah. hit. And, uh, but, but that's oh, no. not why it would be illegal. Oh, no. Should oh, we no. just read the description from... I've got this Courtney Crone in ESPN.com right, yeah, Just read, read the, uh, the Morelli quotes and then understand that he is trying to also comprehend this because <laughs> he's the one among the officials who's going to be completely screwed trying to interpret what you're going to yes, read. This yes, is, this is, these are quotes from an official who's contemplating out loud how he's going to deal with yes. this new rule change, okay? So according to, now just to, just to rehash the play if people are foggy because it's been almost a year now, it was Aaron Rodgers rolling out to his right out of the pocket, Anthony Barr, a 260-pound pass-rushing machine, charging full speed ahead. Rodgers waits till the last second to throw the ball, and he's kind of jumping off to the side as he throws the ball. And, and Barr was maybe a step away going full speed. Rodgers delivers the ball. One step, Barr buries him into the ground. Mm-hmm. Full body lands on top of him. And uh, collar, it was a collarbone, right? He yeah, broke his broke collarbone. His collarbone. But and, the definition and, of a bang-bang type of play. Correct. So here's why that's going to be illegal now, apparently, in 2018, according to Courtney Cronin. According to NFL official Pete Morelli, who explained the league's rule changes to a group of Twin Cities media on Thursday, 
Anthony Barr's hit would fall under a point of emphasis the NFL has instituted for 2018. It would be a 15-yard penalty for roughing the passer. Rule 12 in the NFL's 2018 rulebook details player conduct. Under Article 9 of Rule 12, which explains the rules around roughing the passer, the manner in which a quarterback in a defenseless position, which is just after he has completed throwing a pass, yeah. the moment after that, when he's tackled, is the point of emphasis. The rule states the following, okay? This is Rule 12, Article 9. And this is where it gets Make good. sure you're writing this down. This is where right? it gets really, really juicy. A rushing defender is prohibited from committing such intimidating and punishing <laughs> acts as stuffing a passer into the ground or unnecessarily wrestling or driving him down after the passer has thrown the ball, even if the rusher makes his initial contact with the passer within the one-step limitation provided for in A above, when tackling a passer who is in a defenseless posture, like throwing a pass or just after getting done throwing a pass, yes. a defenseless, I'm sorry, a defensive player must not unnecessarily or violently throw him down or land on top of him with all or most yes. of the defender's body weight. All or most. It's the last. Or most. It's the last part that is just so <laughs> glorious. In, in, instead, the defensive player must strive to wrap up the passer with the defensive player's arms and not land on the passer with all or most of the player's body weight. This is just, this is so <laughs> awesome. It's so great. What? Morelli also said, so now players will kind of have to roll to the side when they make the tackle instead of plopping down on themselves. So you have to be Neil from the Matrix to not get penalized tackling a quarterback now. But here's the thing. Let's, this goes back to what I've said for a long time. These jokers sit down in March and May, and they're like, let's look at this Rodgers play again, right? Now slow it down, Ted. Ted, slow it down. Okay, do you see what Barr does there? Let's get, let's get the NBC it super Hold slow on a motion second. now. You know what? Let, let's see if I've got it. I was going to find let's the go Vikings 4K media guide. Let's go 4K picture quality. I was going to see if, TCL if TV I can find the, plug. If, if I can find the Vikings guide, what does Barr weigh? So Barr's official. Oh, he's got to be like 250. So, so Barr's official muscle. weight. Yeah. And so you come and you're making up these rules. And you're sitting there, and you're slowing the play down, and now you're going back, and now you're saying, okay, all right, Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr weighs, he's 6'5", 255. 6'5", he's a machine. Okay. So he's a if, machine. So, so, but what you say By the in, way, the people deciding this rule are not 6'5", 255. And the people deciding <laughs> this rule are our league officials who are very upset that a star QB got hurt. So what they say is, well, all right, so we need the referees to understand that if Anthony Barr uh, tackles Aaron outside the pocket, and it's a full-speed play, and 225 pounds of bar goes on to R- Roger's body, mm-hmm. that's legal, all right? But let me be very clear here. If it's 255, it's a 15-yard right. flag. <laughs> How in the what is, hell what, what, is anyone supposed to enforce that rule what, at full speed? What does most mean, right? So is it yes. 80% of you? you know, if it was only 143 pounds of body weight and he rolled off, then that's fine. But what if it still broke his collarbone? Here's Pete Morelli continuing. <laughs> According to Morelli, and by the way, I don't think Pete Morelli had anything to do with No, it's with, not. He didn't pass the rule. He's just trying to tell you he's going to enforce an unenforceable rule. He said everything boils down to whether a defender uses his full body weight to bring down a quarterback <laughs> anytime he's in a defenseless position. Quote, players will have to kind of roll to the side when they make that tackle instead of plopping down on the quarterback. The Aaron Rodgers tackle would be a foul this year. As long as he's out of the pocket, established and all that, but if he's running, uh, but if he's running, that's not the same. So if he's if he's yeah, running the ball. But it again, gets like, even more but confusing. he is running. But he's running off to the side. But they would be How are be- you supposed to know what he's about to do? They would be better off to pass a rule that said, look, if the guy is throwing a pass, you can't hit him. Like you can maybe you can shove him, but if you hit him, if you take him to the ground, it's a penalty. Yeah. They, th- these people come up with these asinine rules, and then they expect them to be enforced. And all they're bringing on is about three months of controversy before they start to say we can't even yeah. enforce this. I think too what they're doing, and and I was all for this with the catch rule, but I'm not for this same process with well, let's call it the Aaron Rodgers rule. When, when we had some of these plays, the Des Bryant play. Uh, the Steelers' tight end, was it, late in that game against, against the, the Patriots? Patriots yep. My thought was, okay, those are catches. Let's reverse engineer what a catch is. I, w- I want that to be a catch. I want if a, guy yep. has, if a guy has control 
and he gets a couple feet down and then lunges, and the ball pops out as he hits the ball hits the ground when he's lunging. That's a like, secondary act, and it should be right. A catch. It gets, and we so, both agreed on that. So let's let's start with the end point, yep. which is that looks like a catch. It should be a catch. Let's rework the rule to make that a catch. And it's like they've done the same thing with this Aaron Rodgers collarbone, this broken collarbone. Okay, you know, we don't want Aaron Rodgers to have a broken collarbone on plays like that. So let's reverse engineer a way to make that a penalty. But even though it's impossible to enforce, because it, it's but, it's literally, imp- it's not a quantifiable rule. I the word know, most makes it unquantifiable. Yeah, but I want to know who draws, so they drop this entire rule, and somebody, somebody chimes in at, at the end and says, let's make it a lot about the weight of the player. Like who puts that in? It's, who puts? Who decides that Anthony Barr? If Anthony Barr had taken two hundred and forty of his pounds and laid off fifteen and rolled to the side, that that's okay. Yeah. Like Why? who puts that into there? Why don't they just end the rules? Confusing enough that you read without that. That's just comical. Why can't it just be? Hey, it was an unfortunate play. It was bang bang. It wasn't a late hit, and Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Like for the first time because in he five got years. because he got hurt. Like he, because he got hurt, and they're like, it, we can't have it. And this. it's football, and guys get tackled, they and they're going to get hurt. They, and they're saying, they're, we can't have that. They're, I, listen, I am all for, I'm, I'm actually all for this leading with the helmet rule. I, I'm okay with the NFL trying to get rid of head trauma and head contact. And I thought there was a, I, you and, we'll talk about this, you and I both watched large chunks of that game last night, if, if you're wondering whether we're addicted to football. And there was a call or two. They, they flagged in the first quarter a 15-yard penalty that I thought was kind of questionable, that leading with the helmet rule. That's going to take a while to iron out. But the spirit of that is let's stop with the, with the head trauma and the leading with the helmet. I'm all for that. And that's quantifiable. If I lower my head or deliver helmet-to-helmet contact, is it hard to I, avoid? Yes. This is so far and beyond this right. new Aaron Rodgers rule. The- the, Anything that's that's possible to officiate. The issues, though, with these rules that they come up with and draw up, it's not it's not that they're all bad ideas, but the verbiage the verbiage makes it so clear that they are sitting uh, drinking margaritas in May, saying, "Play that back again, Larry." Yeah, you see, that's the problem. the The helmet rule, this rule, to me, it's all about expecting human beings to be yeah. able in real time. I mean. The helmet rule would make a lot more sense if they adopted the college rule, which is if we're going to eject you, we're going to damn make sure that we go back and look at that play. But to just be like, you have to see this, and if it's egregious in your mind, eject him. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you can't go back and look at that play. It's They always take it to the next step of this is implausible. And, And you're expecting human beings. This is why I think guys are quitting left and right as refs. Because they're all like, this is now impossible. Also, what makes it even more impossible, the NFL for years has gone so far out of their way to make their entire rule book as objective and quantifiable as possible. To the point where they had to outline every step of the catch rule, right? So, so that there was no wiggle room for subjectivity. Yep. It's letter of the law, point by point in the play. You'll know if it's a catch or not based on these checkpoints. And this new rule... The Aaron Rodgers rule is a hundred percent subjective, right? Because yes. because they're saying they're saying if a, they're 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 basically asking officials to determine what percentage of a player's body so, weight is incorporated in the tackle of the quarterback. Why why is that part of the rule? If they had quit, if they if what you read, if they had stopped before the weight thing, I would say okay, it's still it's still a bit subjective and tough, but I sort of get that. But when they put the weight clause in, it becomes comical. Yeah, it becomes it, laughable. You can't you can't expect a human being in real time to be like, I think that was all two fifty five a bar. Anthony, that's amazing. a fifteen yard penalty. And here's another question. Okay, if they're open up, if they're open to subjectivity with unnecessary roughness and and this new rule, hey, we're going to leave it up to you. If you thought that that guy unnecessarily drove a quarterback into the ground with most or all of his body weight, it's subjective. You just use your judgment. Then then why can't we do that with the catch rule? Well, okay, well, that you know what? I was you know, it looked like he had control to me. Like I'm just going to make a judgment call on this one. But you know what? The oh, we can't thing, do that. But what drives you crazy is, is this: we for what two or three years saw saw catches. Des Bryant, that's a catch. And we always said, common sense says your your rule. I understand what you're trying to do, but it's if you put common sense into the into the rule itself. Des Bryant caught that ball against the Packers. So what drives me crazy is. The National Football League, before the Super Bowl, their biggest game, on their biggest stage, they basically say, uh, the fans are right. Let's use common sense. Mm-hmm. There were two or three catches in that game that if you 
take that game and put it in week eight of last year are ruled no catch, mm-hmm. right? But they finally just said, let's just apply common sense. And then these jokers and clowns come back and they're like, but we got a good idea here. It's the weight rule. Yeah. And by the way, okay, I just want to make it clear because this is a Vikings-Packers play that we're talking about, and we're in Minnesota, and so I'm, I'm sure it could be construed as, well, you're just, you're just taking the hometown side. This could have been a Bengals-Chiefs game. And it could have been, it could have been the it could have been Alex Smith breaking his collarbone. And if the NFL would have come out with this rule oh, change, mock it. we would have spent the entire first segment doing the same thing. Like it's it's not a Homer thing; it's just an absurd if, overreaction by the NFL officiating. If crew. the if if the officiating crew that day had thrown a 15 yard roughing the passer flag on Barr, I wouldn't have given it a second <laughs> thought. I would have said absolutely fine. And here's the other thing too, and we're gonna. We're at the 3M Championship, by the way. This will be a fun show today. We're going to talk to Hollis Kabner in like 20 minutes on not only this event, but going forward, the seven-year agreement with the PGA Tour for the 3M Open. Uh, later on, Chris Singleton. I, again, I am all for protecting quarterbacks because the NFL is a lot less fun to watch when Aaron Rodgers is on the shelf and Brett Hundley is the starting quarterback. Yes. Or if Tom Brady were to go down and we get Brian Hoyer for, for four months. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually all for protecting quarterbacks. But you can't fully protect quarterbacks. You can't just wrap them in bubble wrap and send them out there. They're going to get hit. Defenders who weigh 255 pounds who run a 4-4-40 are going to be running full speed at them. It's a dangerous sport. You can't get rid of all of that. And it's like step-by-step they're trying to get rid of all of it. And um, So either go all the way or draw a line somewhere and... I don't know. It just, they're it's, try- it's, it's irritating to they're me. They're trying to, to protect the most important position in sports because, because when a star quarterback gets hurt, guess what? Fox and CBS come back and say, we don't want, we want to carry Brent Hundley. And, and in the case of the, of the uh, helmet rule, they're trying to cut down on concussions because that c- could cost them. Everything this league does is so transparent because everything this league does comes back to one thing. How can we remain as absolutely popular as possible to make as much money as possible? Yeah. That's, that's true of the anthem. They don't, the anthem thing, they don't care. They, they want Donald Trump to back off, and they want their fan base all back and happy. So it's just it's funny because it's so transparent that every rule that they change and ruling that they make, at least initially, all goes back to one thing, cash flow. Yeah. Oh, glad we got that off our chest. It's just, I show. saw that, though, and the weight thing just it absolutely put me over the edge. Right. We, we can get back to this later on, too. Uh, we've got all kinds of stuff to get you. Write that down, predictions, in about 45 minutes from now. We'll catch up with our friend Chris Singleton, post-trade deadline, twins going forward, and um, Matthew Collar from training camp in the noon hour. Mackie and Judd from the 3M Championship. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. This portion of Mackie and Judd is presented by It's Just Lunch. Is there a reason you weren't taking snaps today at all? Uh, yeah, there was, there was a reason for that. Um, I'm not able to discuss that. If you have any questions about that, talk to the head Bumped or bruised or anything? Like I said, it's on the coach. You got questions about that? Go ask him. Anthony Barr has no desire to talk about, well, anything really related to that Aaron Rodgers hit. Um, <laughs> That or his uh, the uh, non-participation in team drills on uh, Thursday. By okay, what, what was up with that then? Okay, so uh, Courtney Cronin, our friend from ESPN.com, tweeted, Anthony Bart was on the sideline during team drills today, which obviously is Thursday now. We're not going to specifics about why he was not participating and deferred questions about that to head coach Mike Zimmer. Uh, this show likes to be two things. They, we like to be the, the home of reckless speculation. And we also like to get out front of potential problems, all right? Well, you, you like to sound the alarm. There's I like to sound the alarm, I but I also, think we're, I also think we're pretty good. I also think lots of times when people lay back and say, ah, oh, there's nothing to see here. Sure. We're, we're like, there might be something to, to see here. Sure. So Anthony Barr did not take part in team drills, but it sounds like he took part in the rest of practice. So, so there would be three potential reasons for this. And I'm, I'm going to dismiss the first one, which would be he's hurt, because I don't think he's hurt. And if he took part in some drills, ordinarily you would just sit out all drills. Okay. So, My first thought was he's hurt. Yeah. Because they don't have to tell yep. until the first week of the regular season you can hide a guy's injury. But give, but give this one some thought. He, is a, he also could be very close to a, a 
multi-year contract extension, with the, which the Vikings do all the, the time. They mm-hmm. just extended uh, Stephon Diggs a couple days ago. So it would not be shocking. Or he might have looked at Diggs' contract extension and said, well, I'm, I'm going to make 12 million under the, the fifth-year option for me. But it's a one-year contract, and my buddy Diggs just got a big contract. So I would like hmm. to take part in team drills once I get my extension. So I'm going, with, I'm going with this has something to do, and one of them might be good. They might announce today, contract extension. Uh, but I'm going with that this very well might have something to do with the contract. I don't think, I don't think it's him throwing a little bit of a tantrum. or if, if it was a leverage play, he would just hold out. That's what if, I would if, it was, if it was okay. a leverage play, he wouldn't even participate in any of the drills. He would just, he would just not be at practice. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to rule that out. I think it's either injury or they're going to announce a contract extension. One of the two. Because if he was on the verge of a contract extension and they had all the parameters set, the last thing you'd want to do is tear your ACL yeah, in a, in a seven-on-seven drill or Absolutely. something. So that, that would make sense. Or it's some sort of a nick. It's a hamstring or something that you, know, you could get out there for. Is he running full speed in individual drills? As far as I know, I mean, I, I was out there, I went out there, they had Wednesday off, so Tuesday, <laughs> and, and as far as I, I recall, he took part in all drills on Tuesday. Okay. So, unless he got banged up on Tuesday, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there that it's interesting that Diggs got his contract extension, Barr is obviously the next guy, and that there were drills he didn't participate in on, right. on Thursday. Keep an eye on and it. And clearly it's not going to be discussed. Because we no. don't talk. Because we keep all of that, as you know, Phil Mackey in right. Egan at TCO internal. Correct. Uh, we don't. We don't talk about contracts. We never I like talk about like, like, injuries. Te- I don't think teams even release terms of contracts in the NFL, even though they get instantly reported because every big time national NFL reporter has like a login to the players' associations <laughs> contracts page. I think every every sport hockey certainly does now because if the Wild does a contract, they announce in the press release the contract itself. Yeah. I think the Twins, the twins do, do now. Yep. Do the Wolves? If the Wolves I don't do a think contract, the, I don't think the Wolves do. That is the most asinine thing, though, not to be like, here are the terms. Everyone knows what the salary cap is, so everyone knows what you're spending on players, but, yes. you, want, but you want to hide, like, oh, how much is going to each player, even though it gets found out instantly? Yes. It's kind of funny. Uh, I, yeah, I, I had to snap out of it last night. I love football. I don't know if I love football as much as Matthew Collar loves football. I don't watch YouTube videos till late yeah. in the nights, but I watched the entire first quarter of that game last night, and we're talking multiple interceptions, we're talking a lengthy review, 15-yard penalties, backup quarterbacks, but damn it, I was hooked on Chase Daniel for 45 minutes, which means football obsession is back for 2018. I have a really bad, really hard confession to make to you about last night. At 6 p.m., I watched an hour of Toronto against Ottawa. Wow. McLeod Bethel-Thompson started. Oh, wow. For Toronto, there. Oh, I didn't uh, know he was in the CFL. Now he is now, and the he, one that got away, McLeod Bethel Thompson. And I want to say, and I, if I am not mistaken, his first or second pass was picked off. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, it's going to be a disaster. All the consternation about the Vikings letting him go to San Francisco. Do you, do you remember that? The same for who was that other guy, Tyler Thigpen? Tyler. Oh, they ago. they were mad about that one. Chile yeah. was mad about that one. But anyway, I think uh, I think I think MBT T came back, and if I'm not mistaken, I saw a stat. Because I didn't watch that whole game. That he threw something like four second half touchdowns. Oh, big time! So good on him. Okay. But at seven o'clock, I flipped over to uh, the Hall of Fame game, and I'm not saying I intently watched it or broke it down, but the entire game was on. You know what? It though? never came off my television. There is, there really is. This was just a little primer, a little appetizer. You've been, you've been waiting again. You had a reservation at the restaurant. You had to make one two weeks in advance, right? The new yeah. hot restaurant. And then you get in there, and, and there's a wait. Maybe there's a 45-minute wait because things are backed up. And you get to the table. Like, you just you order a little calamari. Last night was a little little calamari. And it wasn't the best calamari, right? A little right? lemon on top. Like, it, it wasn't fantastic. No, it was a little soggy, a little yeah. too flaky. But it wasn't, but it's still, but you still ate the whole yeah. thing. There really is nothing like, and I, and I don't want summer to go away yet. There's still all of August to enjoy, and September is still summer to me. But I really do love waking up on a Saturday or Sunday morning with the crisp fall air. And NFL Network, Rich Eisen oh, on yeah. Sunday morning. Oh, or yeah. NFL or, or college, college game day on ESPN. I, I do genuinely love waking up when it's 55 degrees, open the windows. I could do without the pumpkin spice stuff, but, I, but oh, fall see, I'll was take approaching. It all. Last night I'll take was the it first all. taste. I'll, I'll take it all. You're a pumpkin I, I, spice I, guy? I, you know what? Here's, here's the weird thing for me, and I don't, I don't know why exactly. I don't know if it's because there's so much expectation involving the Vikings, the 13-3, and three, the Cousins thing. Honestly, 
I haven't been this excited for the National Football League season to start in years. Like I do, and I don't I don't know why. Yeah. And and I it perhaps could be a little bit of, of the fact that my my love of baseball has definitely changed. Like I used to be all in on baseball, mm-hmm. and I still enjoy it, but I'm not. It's not like it used to be. But I have not been this excited for the start of the National Football League season. Honest to God, in probably twenty years. Is it because the Vikings have a chance to be really good? Or That's what, what I'm are, wondering. What are your reasons? I don't know. I don't have them. I just know I'm excited about mm-hmm. it, and I can't. I think I think the curiosity about the Vikings is part of that. Um, I, I also think the farther I get away from covering the beat, because the beat was grueling itself, and you know mm-hmm. you're there on a daily basis. Now I can pick and choose a bit is more. The, can I real quick aside? Sure. Because you just hit on one of my pet peeves. Sure. You did watch football for a living. Like grueling is a, an aggressive way to describe oh, by that, football for a living. I'll explain. It it dampened my enthusiasm. Okay. It because, beats the fan out of you. Yes. Yes. That's, so that's it's right. not grueling. It's not a hard job. Yeah. I'm just saying it's grueling as far as you don't necessarily look forward to to the season as much right. because you're in the season constantly. And yeah, it's very hard to be a fan when when you're around it every single yeah. day, and when the it, whole day. So yeah, it's not grueling it as in it's that difficult. It's grueling as in your love of it probably gets uh, dampened a bit. And when there's a noon game that you cover, and instead of watching the prime games at three fifteen and seven seven o'clock or seven thirty on a Sunday, you're just you're you're working. So okay, that makes. But sense. But I think my curiosity about this this team and the fact that they were uh, so good, and and. No matter what we think of Cousins, it is cool when a team in this market goes out and gets a guy like that. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when the Wild went out and got Parisi and uh, Suter. At that time, I'm like, this is great. So I do think the moves that, that they've made and how aggressive the Vikings have been make it a really interesting season. But I am, I am actually very excited for the season, yeah. which makes me a football geek, but I'm fine with that. So we're hanging out at the 3M Championship today. This is the final year of the 3M Championship, and then it converts to the 3M Open next summer, a seven-year agreement with the PGA Tour through 2025. And the man behind the organization of this is Hollis Kavner, and he's also been behind, going back, he, he was involved with the, was it the Coldwell Banker Cla- Burnett, Burnett Classic, yeah. whatever the hell it was called back in the, yes. at Bunker Hills in the 90s. Yep. Uh, he is one of, if not the main reasons why Minnesota keeps getting big time golf events, whether it's majors or Ryder Cup or, uh, or the seven year PGA Tour stop. We're going to talk to Hollis when we come back. Mackie and Judd from the 3M Championship. Let's first talk about the best car dealership and service department. In the Twin Cities, my family and I have been going to Luther Brookdale Toyota for three-plus decades. Uh, when I was a kid, my mom used to drive, I think it was like a 1985 or a 1987 baby blue Toyota Celica. And so I remember as a kid, I, one time I slammed my thumb in the car door and had to go, uh, I think we had to get stitches. It was, it was well, Anyways, I just remember as a kid going to the old Toyota City. And a lot of the same people who have, uh, have, have, have made it great for me as a driver in the 2000s have been working there for 30 years. Uh, they've built an amazing family-like environment. You're going to go in. The minute you drive your car into one of the workstations, uh, you're going to find out, okay, yeah, this is a different level of service, a different level of communication, uh, peace of mind. Corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. You can also stop by the website and see some of the great specials on leases and financing for 2018 models at LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Mackie and Judd back with more from the 3M Championship next. We're in a weather delay here at the 3M Championship. You just yep. dumped a bunch of rain in the last hour. Yep, a little r- rumbling of thunder, but uh, play, I guess, tentatively scheduled to start at uh, 10.50 a.m. out here. Uh, come on out. We're, we're in the in the large, I don't know, hospitality tent. There's a lot of cool things. They're giving away swag bags here, 3M is. You can come stare at us if you want to, if you want to hang out. We got someone doing that right now. Hi, yep. sir. How are you? Hi, yes. That's okay. You can stare. Don't mind a bit. <laughs> uh, radio guys are used to being in a studio with, like, beige walls, not... Not having human contact. So if we're socially awkward, we apologize in advance. Uh, play tentatively scheduled to start at 10.50 a.m., but let's get him on here. Hollis Kavner is the president of ProLink Sports, which is the lead organizer of this event and a lot of big-time golf events. And I, I think it's safe to say that the reason why Minnesota 
has been put on the map in recent years with all these big golf events, whether it's majors or the Ryder Cup or now a seven-year agreement with 3M and the PGA Tour that runs through 2025. Hollis is a major, major reason why these relationships exist. Hollis, thank you for joining us here on Mackie and Judd. Uh, We know you've got a busy schedule today and the rest of the weekend, but what does it mean to you that Minnesota has become such a prime destination for the top golfers in the world? Well, you know, first off, it's it's, it's awesome for the fans. I mean, this the absolute best fans in the world are up here. Uh, they're golf fans here. They come out in, in droves, as you know. They're they're very knowledgeable. You you know you don't, you don't hear that you the you know the, the the stupid yells from the crowd and back swings and stuff. <laughs> uh, and uh, they love their golf here. And it, it, so it's it was important to get. Uh, uh, we've had the best players in the world over 50 for many years, and they've done a tremendous job here. And now we're going to have the best players in the world, period, coming to Minnesota. So it's it's uh, it, it, it's wonderful for the state. It's great for 3M. It's it's uh, uh, I think it's good for golf up here uh, personally. And and uh, you know we've got uh, we, we've had an incredible 27 year run uh, to this point with it with the, as I said some of the greatest guys in golf ever. Uh, that has been here to play, but uh, you know we're you know it's that that, that next uh, that next uh, uh, mountain we're about to climb, which is it's a big one. It's kind of scary, for, quite honestly, since we only have a short period of time to uh, fix the golf course and do all the things we have to do to make it uh, tough enough. So we're under we're in stress mode right now. <laughs> take, take us through what what uh, climbing that, that mountain is going to be like. And and what's it going to be like to get as as many of the marquee names here as possible? Because I, I would take it that, that that can be quite the challenge just alone with trying to get guys here. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It is at every you know there's you know when you have that many events on the PGA Tour, um, you're you know you're, you're always everybody's always fighting for the you know for the top players, you know and. Uh, so you got to make yourself different and do and uh, do things that make the players want to come and play here. Um, you know, one is uh, Minnesota in the summer is one heck of a place to be. Uh, we're going to do some tremendous things here over the Fourth of July weekend uh, with concerts and things along that line, and and turn it into uh, a happening. But we're also going to have some great things for the you know the players and their kids and everything else with the uh, you know showing everybody the Minnesota. You know, there's so much to do here and in, in the Twin Cities. Uh, over the holidays and things like that for family. So uh, I've been talking to the players now for a, well over a year about about this. And, you know, actually I, I worked with quite a few of the players and their agents and stuff uh, on our date. But, you know, we turned down another date to get this date because the, the players said, look, we'll come that day. This date's going to be hard because of, you know, other commitments we have and things along that line. So we spent a lot of time and research effort into – what date we took and, and uh, making it great, good for the players. Um, you know, everybody talks about the Greenbriars, that yeah. uh, it, it didn't draw that well. Well, first off, it's almost impossible to get to. It's, <laughs> it's a casino yes. destination. Uh, there's not a lot for families to do. Um, and so, and I think that a lot of guys didn't like the golf course because it was very short and, and uh, uh, you couldn't hit driver in a lot of places it's, and, and things. So, uh, you know, we've had we've had conversations with DJ and everybody else and Thomas and all of them about uh, you know about the dates and what we need to do to get the guys here. We, I feel very comfortable. We're going to get really strong fields. Um, I know some some people disagree with us, but you know they they're not talking to the people and, and doing the things we're doing for the, for the players. So See, yes, so you brought uh, Hollis Kavner's our guest here. Uh, we're at the 3M Championship. Just you mentioned Greenbrier, and so this is my theory, and I, this is my amateur theory, and I want to run it by you. And I think you're going to agree. The timing of Greenbrier to get great players seems like good timing. So two weeks before the British Open, guys are looking to warm up. In a perfect world, you'd play that tournament two weeks before the Open, and then you'd take a week off. You'd, you'd get out overseas early, whatever it is yep. that you would do from a travel standpoint. So if you, if you had an event that catered to the top players in the world as a tune-up for the Open, they'd be much more likely to play, right? That's correct. And, uh, and, 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 and you know, going to the Greenbrier and, and stuff, it's, actually, it's almost impossible to get in and out of there, as you know. It's a great place. I mean, it's a wonderful resort and all that. But it's 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 very remote. Uh, it, the golf course doesn't doesn't set up like a uh, 
some of the European golf courses and stuff that they're going to go play for the British. Uh, you know, for Minneapolis here, they can leave directly from here, fly overseas, you know, nonstop flights anywhere that they're, they're going to be playing. Uh, you know, we're even talking about doing some charters and stuff for the players, taking them over. Um, and, and, uh, uh, on, as, you know, to help out with the fields and get the right groups and things like that to play. Um, so, you know, we're going to help the guys that, that want to play here, then go, go over and get acclimated. A lot of the guys go the week before. Don't you know? That don't play the Scottish Open. They go over and just and and start working on their games over there, hitting you know, kind of getting used to it. So this is a good place to come, good good place to play, and then uh, you know head over. Uh, a lot of guys will you know that's some you know some of the guys are uh, will also be trying to qualify. You know, guys are trying yeah. to get into the British Open. So you you, you get a mixture of both fields. You're going to get the top top guys wanting you know wanting to come tune up, and then you're going to get the guys. Who are you know the up and comers that are trying to qualify to get into the British? Because uh, our our event will have so many spots, it allows people to play in the British Open, and right. uh, it makes them exempt. So yeah. we have a we have a um, we think we have a, a good good date, good format for what we plan on doing with the players and how we're going to take care of them. And that um, you know we run three other events on on the PGA Tour. We're with them all the t- we're with these guys all the time, guys and and. We ask them, you know, we, you know, they, they belong to the same club we do in Florida, and you know, if they don't mind telling you what you got to do uh, to make it worthwhile to bring their families and all the other stuff, yeah. and if you get their families to come and their girlfriends to come, <laughs> you've got them forever. <laughs> but you got, you, hey, you, you, I know you're part of the uh, revamping of the Valspar. You got Tiger to play in the Valspar. What, yep. per, what are the chances you could twist Tiger's arm to come up here? Uh, I think very good. He's played a lot on the Fourth of July in the past. You look at look at his record. He he played he played in uh, you know he had his own event. He he wanted his event on the Fourth of July uh, when he took it in Washington D.C. and then he got hurt and and was out of golf for quite a while. But you know he was you know that was his own, own deal. He wanted a Fourth of July date Washington D.C. and uh, that's when he did the national and so uh, and and that event got great. Great fields, so mm-hmm. I think we have a. I think we'll be just fine with our field. Um, I know there's a few uh, few of the championship guys are grumbling and and stuff about you know and saying it might not we might not get good fields, but you know they're not out on the PGA tour talking to guys all the time. They don't run a bunch of events on the tour, right. and they're not do, you know not, they're not around the players like we are, uh, ta- you know taking care of them all the time. So um, trust me, we we spend a lot of time and effort and research. And, and and getting our ducks in a row before we before we came on the regular tour. You hit on the key thing, families. If the girlfriend and wife is on board, you're going to have the greatest field of all time, Hollis. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not the players. It's the spouses and girlfriends. And, Lake, and we, all, we all know that. Lake Minnetonka is great exactly. to be on Here's a here. boat. Go enjoy while your husband golfs. That's exactly what we were thinking. So. Uh, you know. just, July fourth too. I, I've seen you know I've seen the uh, re- reaction that everyone's going to their cabin and they're not going to come here. I disagree completely. One, when when you get a, something like this in this town, we go to it. Two, a, as a guy who does not go up north, I'm looking for something to do. So I think this yeah. whole thing about everyone goes to, to their cabin. That's partially true. There are lots of people, but it's certainly not the entire twin twin c- city sports fans that all go there. No, and, it, and that's what I've been saying. Unless everybody, if you look at how many people are in the state of Minnesota, and you look at how many actual cabins there are in the state, unless mm-hmm. they're staying about a thousand to a cabin, I don't <laughs> think they're all going. I think you're right. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's there's a the, the town is packed in the in the, around the fourth because people are looking for something to do, and you know you put on a good concert, you and a great show out here, and make this fun, and we are going to make it to you know we're we're doing craft beer gardens, we're doing all kinds of things like that that we don't do now. Um, you know, we're having, we're having food trucks out here. Um, this is going to be a big social thing. It, it's, you know, you can't just have a golf tournament. It has to be a social event. And, you know, that's what the, you know, Minnesotans love. Get them out here. Let them have great food during the day. That, you know, try all the craft beers. And, you know, I think we could have some really fun with this. Do a taste of Minnesota type, you know, type flair here. You'll get a lot of people out. And, and especially since it's, it's going to be so easy to get here with our with our parking next, you know, right next door, our prices are going to be. We're keeping our prices and stuff down, 
we're actually going to be below tour average on our pricing as far as get to you know general admission and stuff like that. And we're going to you know kids are getting free. So you know we're we're being very generous again uh, as we have been because 3M wants this to be an event for everybody. Yeah, they want uh, pe- they want families out here. So. Uh, for for people listening here, real quick, uh, we had a rain shower for 30 minutes earlier. So the 3M Championship right now is in a weather delay. Play tentatively scheduled to start at 10:50 a.m. So, and this has been one of the more fan-friendly sporting events over the years too, with uh, with the champions coming out here. So for the, for this being the last Champions Tour event and uh, and, a, and a fun time all weekend, what can people expect to wrap this portion of it up before we transition into the PGA Tour next year? Well, I, I think, uh, well, first of all, I said we got, uh, uh, you know, the guys are excited. You know, they're, they're all sad that it's going to be the last one, and I understand. You know, it's because it's it, obviously we did our job. Uh, you know, I, I know there's been some players who have been vocal about the fact that the, the event's going away. Well, first off, we replaced this event in Sioux Falls, okay? That was a deal I had with the tour. So we've done our part to, to continue to, to have the championship, you know, not the championship grow. Um, so the players are, are a little bit bittersweet, but on the other hand, they're all excited. Everybody wants to win. And I think you're going to see Kenny Perry, uh, Jay Haas, guys like that come out here and throw low numbers at it. Layman is my choice. Yeah, I want to see, you know, I've already decided if, 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 uh, Tom wins that the, the, uh, uh, winner of the, the 3M championship will get to play in the 3M open. But it's only if Tom wins. So. <laughs> Special rules for Tom. <laughs> well, I and, you know, to, even I, if Tom doesn't win, well, you might yeah. just wind up playing in three M Open. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the. Uh, I think you're going to see some great stuff. And then you know we had uh, Jack and Gary and and uh, and Lee and everybody's over playing at the Royal today in a big outing over the you know in a, a private outing over there that for, that we had, um, and they'll all be out here tomorrow and, and finding autographs and doing stuff and. You know, uh, it, these guys, it's, you know, getting them back here is just, you know, it's, it's really the highlight of the year to, to have them all together. Uh, I have to tell you, there was a dinner last night that we held at the Royal, and, uh, um, we had about 150 people and, and, uh, they did a Q and A, um, with Jack, Gary, Lee, and Annika. And you had Jerry Pate be the MC. And and first off, Jerry is is, is Mr. Microphone. <laughs> you know, so, you know, we had to remind him about every fifteen minutes. This is not about you, Jerry. <laughs> so, <laughs> but they had, they literally had the whole room just rolling. I mean, the the, the stories and the I mean, they were just the, it was one liners after another. And I, it was only, I told everybody, I said, this is a pr- pretty damn good comedy act. Um, <laughs> but it was just all great stories and stuff of. Of, of basically life on the tour and things they've done and all the great things that, you know, that have happened to them because of the tour. But it was really, you know, uh, you know, getting them here and getting them out here on Saturday, we really hope everybody comes out and sees them. I mean, this will be, you know, uh, I'm not saying they won't be back at the 3M in some form in the future, but this will be the last time they get to see them play here. Um, on, as part of the as part of the event. Yeah. Well, you know, Hollis, um, we we appreciate you joining us. By the way, while you're at the Royal Club, if you find about five or six Bridgestone E sixes, those are mine from a few weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> you are probably on the 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 edge of the uh, the edge of the perimeter area. Just you know, just yes. just if you see them, <laughs> return them. That'd be great. All right, I'll, I'll, thanks, I'll, Hollis. I'll bring you some back. I'll make sure you got some balls. Okay. All right. All right. Hollis Cadner, right. thank you, man. Bye. All right. All right, he is. I mean, this is. It, it's a fun time to be a golf fan in the in the Twin Cities with all the all the excitement of of majors and Ryder Cups he, that have kind of led to, and then the three M Championship. He just said he likes his chance of of uh, getting Tiger here. Let's talk. About, okay, he, let's talk. I've got a couple. I've got some reckless three M championship slash open speculation you, for you. You will be back. the biggest fanboy <laughs> next July that I've ever seen I mean, in look, my life. Look at, I I I came well, to play like, today. You did. I've got you the did. white pants. Yep. I've got the lime green golf shirt. Yep. I'm Paul ready to rock, right. man. You, you could w- walk around. You could go to any hole right now, mm-hmm. and I don't think they'd question you. I'm walking around with that little golfer strut, too. Or like yep. you're, you're, oh, yeah. You're, no, you've you... got the look down. Yeah. The look is definitely down. I don't know if the game is or not. I look very but, official. But the look is the look is good. Mackie and Judd from the 3M Championship. Write that down predictions in about 15 minutes. 
We need your help choosing our finalists for Sportscaster Idol. Our judges have narrowed down the field to the top 10, and those auditions have been posted on our website. After watching them vote for your favorite, you can vote once daily. The contestant with the most votes will join the judges' three picks on stage at the State Fair for the Sportscaster Idol finale. Check out all the auditions at 1500ESPN.com, keyword idol. All right, thank you, James. Hello, Brian. Hi, Brian Stetsis. We're hanging out here at the 3M Championship, Mackie and Judd. I've got some reckless golf speculation for you. Involving right. involving your uh, favorite golfer? or I don't know about Tiger, but it's involving the likelihood of guys like Tiger showing up to an event like the 3M Open. I will say this. Do not sleep on Hollis. He could get a great field. Well, so Hollis, He works his ass off. So I'm going to go through a few reasons why. If, if you're just comparing where this event is on the tour schedule for next year uh, you know, versus the current 4th of July weekend tournament. It's not really comparable. And Hollis is one of the main reasons. So Hollis and his company help run the Valspar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't, I feel like the Valspar, I, it, it was something else. But either way, like he has revamped Valspar weekend. Mm-hmm. And Tiger Woods plays in the Valspar, or at least played in the Valspar this year. Okay. So, so number one, he has experience getting Tiger Woods to play in a tournament that maybe he previously wouldn't have played in. So check number one. All right. Uh, num- number two, Greenbrier, even with all the limitations that he suggested, travel limitations, it's not a great destination for, like, families of golfers. It's not, I mean, it's not a cool place to go hang out. Right. And the, tw- the Twin Cities in the summer, very cool place to hang out. A lot of these golfers for the Ryder Cup put 50, 100 grand down on massive houses, like their version of Airbnb if right. you're a rich golfer, right. on Lake Minnetonka. I believe I heard that Tiger Woods and a couple other golfers, maybe Rory, actually paid to have all the furniture and things removed from a house. We actually talked about that during okay, the Ryder yeah. Cup, yes. They refurnished the house, basically. So, like, they're, you know, if you're willing to come into the Twin Cities and hang out for a week and uh, spend enough money on a lake to have furniture taken out to put your own furniture in, A, you have a lot of money, and that's amazing. But, yeah. B, that tells you you're, you're sort of committed to a place. So, I think that's... So, Greenbrier, despite all the limitations, had Phil Mickelson this year, Bubba Watson. Uh, it wasn't a stacked field at all. Kevin now won by, like, five strokes. Jim Furyk is a big name. Uh, Xander Shoffley is one of the best young players in the world right now. Tony Finau is one of the best players in the world. And then there's, like, the Keegan Bradleys and, uh, and Brant Snedeker, like, names that you've heard of before. Right. But the fact that a guy like Phil Mickelson is looking to play in a tournament two weeks before the British Open mm-hmm. is a big deal. So if you just make a better destination and a better tournament two weeks before the British Open, guys are going to play. There's four tournaments between the U.S. Open and the British Open. Guys ordinarily aren't looking to, in, in large numbers, the best players in the world play right before the British Open because then you have to travel out overseas on a Monday. But two weeks out, get they out. Will. Yeah. Two weeks out, if there's a good tournament that can help you tune up or, or for the lesser-known players, qualify, if it's some place that you'd like to be and that it's comfortable and, and, and you know the hosting people like Hollis, I really think this could wind up being... A big time destination tournament. Sure could. And if there's somebody out there that if I'm missing something, if, if like Royce's listening, um, if they do it right, and if Hollis taps into his connections like he has, I'm right. thinking like the Phil Mickelsons, maybe Tiger Woods, maybe a Jordan Spieth, and guys player, like that. And players like like what? Uh, they they like good good places to go as far as the environment, city. This is really good. And Hollis is a thousand percent right. The key here is not just the player. It's the spouses and families, right? Because mm-hmm. if you go rent a house, so if you're going to play in this tournament and you rent uh, you know, a million-dollar house for a week, and then your wife can go out and, and with the kids and go on the lake, for instance, yeah. you're probably going to do it. So, yeah, I think, and I, I think the, big, the biggest overstated thing, as I brought up with him before, was the whole thing about, well, it's July 4th and people leave town. Yes, people leave town. Not everybody leaves town. And... This, as far as a sports town goes, we certainly have our flaws, Phil Mackey. But one thing we're really good at is getting on board of a big new event, right? Mm-hmm. And so I guarantee you for the first couple of years, this course will be packed. Yeah. It will be absolutely packed in this whole thing. But everyone will be in. No, no. There will be people gone, but there's going to be a ton of people, a ton of people that come out, out here. And if he gets the field that he expects, it's going to be a, it's going to be a destination sporting event in the, in this town next year. And I think, and like you said, a lot a lot of top players on the PGA Tour will play in the Scottish Open before the British Open. 
and I'm pretty sure the Scottish Open is the week before. So what you could do is you yeah, could I think go you're right. if you're if you're cool playing three weeks in a row. Now maybe guys would want to play. Maybe you'd want to play the event before the 3M Open, take a week off, travel, play in the Scottish Open, if that's how the dates line up, and then the British Open. But either way, I'm pretty confident this is going to be awesome. It'll be fun. If you're a golf fan. We've been pretty spoiled with big-time events here. Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Ryder Cup. All-Star game, what, three years back now? Yeah, 2014. That was four four, years ago. Four years ago. Yeah, no, I mean, we do... The one thing that really impresses me about this town, though, is when we get a big event, we are fantastic at rallying around it and mm-hmm. doing a great job. When, when's the last big sporting event that came to this town where you even recall grumbling like, eh, it was okay, but it or wasn't. Or they botched it or something. I can't remember one. We don't. You know, the 1998 NFC Championship game? <laughs> That wasn't uh, that wasn't botched by the <laughs> folks that hosted it. It was bo- it was botched by the hosting team. The organizers did a great but job. But the Super Bowls here have been loved. And there, there's everything, everything that we do that we get, we do a good job with as far as planning it. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. And I know you're not a huge golf fan, but does this as as a guy who's it very me. much it does? Oh yeah, yeah. And if you get if you get a field that has five, four or five, big to r- relatively big names, I'm in. Like, it doesn't need to be the, the entire... I get the fact that there's going to, to be a certain a faction of guys that say no, but if you're talking about, I mean, hell, if Tiger plays, right there, bang, mm-hmm. done. Yeah. I think, too, the, the Ryder Cup, if anybody was kind of on the fence, if, if players, top players were on the fence, American players, I'm not sure about the European players who participated in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, they, they might, might have different out. feelings, but yep. if you're an American player and you're on the fence about golf in the Twin Cities and fans, I mean, think about how great of an impression that atmosphere left on those players like Patrick Reed. I mean, yeah. even like Rory McIlroy got chided and, and, they, and they rode him for four days, but like even he had to come out of that thinking, wow, that was, no, he just that's came, an atmosphere He came right out there. thinking, that's a lot of drunks yeah. there in Minneapolis. And, and it's not going to be like, I don't think it's going to be like that, or it's not going to be like the Phoenix Waste Management Open where you've got 20,000 people. At 16? At a, they should make something like that, though. That'd be really fun. you know how much fun that would be? Oh my God! There's a couple. I'm old and I like that idea. Yeah, there's a couple uh, courses that are creating that vibe on their par threes, and I should consider it here. Really? Maybe put that craft beer garden close to a par three somewhere, and and uh, put some stadium seating around it. Just oh, be like, so yeah, much fun. Go ahead, say what you want. Yeah. All right, when we come back here, write that down. Predictions and an accountability session. Mackie and Judd from the 3M Championship.